What's up, what's up? I'm, uh, I'm very curious with myself. Because one of the things that I've been awful at is consistency. And it's not even the things, like, it's really weird. So historically, I've had issues being consistent. But it's never with, it's like with the big things, but the big things that don't have immediate impact. Don't have an an immediate feedback loop of consequence. That's how I explained it to my wife when I look at my historical patterns. So like things like filing my expense reports for work. Like it doesn't actually do a whole lot besides make my credit card payment late, which is a big deal. But in the grand scheme of things, it really isn't. And then, like, filing my timesheet on time and double-checking it to make sure my cell file was proper before I did it. You know, there was a contingency that somebody else was supposed to review it, check any mistakes. And then, if there was any mistakes, correct them before I got paid. And the system failed. I didn't do my diligence. And now I find myself unemployed because of improper keeping track of my own time. And uh, little things, like there's only a few dishes in the sink, leaving them in the sink until I get up the next day. Or leaving everything I'm working on on the desk and just leave it there overnight, even if I'm not going to get up early and start working on it right away. And there's just all these little trickles and trickles and trickles of not completing things in a manner that one is to my own standard, which is really fucking weird. And two, all these little things done improperly adding up to catastrophic failure of process or systems somewhere, right? So, like, me not doing my diligence with my timesheet ended up making me getting fired. Because I relied on a failsafe outside of myself instead of doing my diligence to be fully self-reliant. Like, even standing here. I'm looking at a hoodie that I took off two days ago that I folded up and put on a a chair, a dining room chair, and it's still there. Didn't even realize. And uh, just so fascinating to me. One, we've all heard if we've done any type of personal growth and development or, you know, reading on how to develop better habits, how to become more successful. And a lot of the the literature says that it's all about doing a bunch of little things right over an extended period of time. And then things kind of happen as a byproduct of that. Well, that's true. The opposite also must be true, right? If you do a whole bunch of things improperly over time, those effects will compound into catastrophic failure as well. Sorry, pour myself a 
sparkling apple juice. Interesting flavor. But, um, yeah, so it's just mind-blowing to me because you know, but for whatever reason, you ignore. And especially if you're someone who's invested as much time into the self-help books and how to develop better habits and all that research, but never actually took the time to apply any of it. I find it quite fascinating. Even my podcast, right? Like... Doing this daily is not hard. It's very simple as well. And for whatever reason, I continue not to do so. I think it has something to do with the adage that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So because I've neglected details and parts of my life that were not a priority, then I begin to neglect details in my life that are a priority but don't have immediate impact. And then that spilled over into things that are super important in my life. Or things that, you know, like this podcast, like it's important to me. But it doesn't have that short-term feedback loop of, if this doesn't happen on Monday, Tuesdays, there's consequences. And I have a whole bunch of psychoanalysis, bibble babble I've been doing on myself on where that stemmed from based on my childhood and how those behaviors were reinforced. But, ooh, hot dogs are about done. But, uh, it's just really interesting to me. Now, one thing that I found highly fascinating was, uh, I want to say I heard it listening to a commercial or to a preview or something. Because I don't think this is an original idea of my own. I believe I heard it within the last six hours. And I really liked it. So I was going to steal it for myself. And use it. But man, this woman were talking and the guy was, you know, freaking out uh, whatever, like, it was an actual freak out, but they're, like, having a conversation, and it was kind of like a pep talk, and the woman, I think it was his girlfriend, or maybe this is just some weird-ass vision I had in my head, either way, and she asked him, if you know it's going to work, then what do you have to be afraid of? And if you have nothing to be afraid of, why aren't you doing it? See, I've come to the conclusion for at least myself that laziness is not actually a thing. That we develop terms like laziness to describe other deeper emotions. And if we can declare it laziness, we don't actually have to confront the problem. So... What else could it be? Well, one place it could stem from is fear. Because I do know that me always backing out right before things get good or being consistent for a couple of weeks 
I guess we are gonna get in this. Um, and then dropping the ball and you know not following through stems from my childhood extremely. Um, I grew up in a household where my parents, specifically, uh, probably more my stepdad than anybody, really wanted me to excel. And let me preface all of this with, I'm not mad at all. Um, I understand that it was his strategy, and he was doing what he thought was best, and maybe it was best. I just didn't receive it well, right? So there's what happens to you and then how you respond to it. So we would set, you know, some sort of goal. Like you had to bed nine weeks or you haven't been doing your homework. You're grounded until you can do your homework for two weeks. Or you don't get these privileges back until you maintain A's for so many weeks after a new nine weeks. Because that new nine weeks, everybody starts at 100%, right? And what would happen is I would do good. And then after I showed that I could do good, I would sometimes not get my reward that was predetermined at all, or I'd only get a portion of the reward and then told that I can repeat that success for an extended duration. So pretty much, you know, you can't play your Game Boy until you have, you maintain your A's and B's for a month. And you're allowed to have like one C, you know, so nothing too crazy, especially for myself, like that's easily attainable. And then I would do that. I'd go get my A's. And then after, uh, you know, this first month or whatever the predetermined timeline was, um, I would be told, oh, well, you should have been getting A's the entire time. See how easy that was for you? So now, you're not going to get your Game Boy back until you have A's for the whole nine weeks. And, you know, I'd get mad. And then I'd finish the nine weeks with, you know, something a little bit less than what was desired. To make a long story short, there's a lot in my childhood of rewards being promised for results. After results were obtained, reward was then not given, and a new benchmark was replaced with it, giving the illusion that, one, no matter what I do is not good enough, but as it pertains to this conversation, reinforcing the concept that hard work over an extended period of time does not yield desirable results. Because when you think about the way the body's or the mind's designed to interpret problems and encounters, it, it doesn't say that, oh, when, like, homework doesn't work, right? It just says rewards 
and promises or hard work over an extended period of time in a general way does not yield desirable outcomes, right? So unfortunately, I've adopted that idea across the board and it has created a lot of, not, I would say self-sabotaging behavior, but I don't think it's really self-sabotaging behavior. I think it's more, I have almost like a visceral mental and physical reaction when I've been working on something for an extended period of time to bail out because the hard work's not going to pay off. Now, one thing talking through this that I just realized was the reason I was able to achieve the A's is because I did not have the distraction of the Game Boy. You know how they, you'll hear Gary V talk about it, and you'll hear a whole bunch of other people talk about it. And it's like, oh, when, how do I scale my business? Well, you do the things that made you successful in the, to begin with. And you just keep doing them. You don't get fancy. You don't try to reinvent your company. You just keep doing what you've been doing. And it was very naive of me thinking that, oh, well, now that I got A's, I can have my Game Boy back and maintain those, because there's no way. The distraction of the Game Boy, especially with my personality, is what prevented the A's to begin with. So then... Uh, so yeah, so it was a, a lack of understanding on my part and a lack of articulation on my parents' part. And really at that point, all they knew was hard work, you know? They didn't have, you know, businesses and they weren't super high achieving or anything. And uh, it's actually quite interesting now that I think about it. That they were doing intuitively what was right. But... It just uh, intuitively is right, but they didn't know how to articulate what the actual lesson was. Very curious, very curious. But yeah, I'm going to leave it there for a minute, and I'm going to record some more before I publish this. But that's all I got for this, this moment. All right, so we're going to tack this on to yesterday's recording since nothing happened. Um, I'm laying here in bed. It's 11 o'clock. And I feel fucking awful. Um, I drank nearly an entire bottle, 750 milliliter of whiskey last night. And, God, I feel like shit. And, ugh. So, there's no reason any human should ever consume that much alcohol in a single sitting. It's just stupidity and ignorance. Well, ignorance isn't the right word, but just fucking stupidity. And, uh, I'm done. Like, I'm not drinking. At least when you're sober. And then, when I do come back... Single glasses of wine. That's it. I don't care what the occasion is. Um, I will only do single glasses of wine. But after 
I've been sober for a year. I tried to pause the recording and it stopped it, so I'm starting from scratch. But, uh, yeah, this is fucking ridiculous. And I remember, like, I remember just thinking as much as I can in the moment. Nothing good has ever come from my alcohol consumption. No good ideas. No good business meetings. No good pitches. There is nothing I can say that happened more positively. Because alcohol was involved. I think the only time that is almost remnantly true. Is during a wine and paint night. When I was super nervous and self-critical. And I had two drinks. So it would have, uh, and they were pretty lightly poured. So it would have been like two to maybe three shots worth of alcohol. And uh, it got me to relax enough to paint without completely destroying myself with self-talk about my artwork. But even then, that was only two shots. So, to prevent the accident that, you know, Crownwall Manhattan turns into five, we will say a single glass of wine only. Or champagne, if I'm in an event where champagne is the, the drink. But, uh, this is fucking insane. So stupid. Uh, that being said, I was having a conversation with a friend last night, uh, my best friend, about ego and how I think ego has been not only vilified, but not fully understood. Uh, I'm not going to go too much of the topic. I'll just give you guys a preview and then hopefully tomorrow I'm feeling better. So uh, talking doesn't risk having to make a trip to the bathroom but ego I believe should become your best friend instead of your enemy I don't think ego is something that was understood or that older languages who talk about killing the ego have proper language and interpretation to translate to English, right? Because, like, they have feelings and emotions that we don't. And we have feelings and emotions that they don't. So, I think uh, it was just a clumsy translation. And not only that, but if you really think about it, like, words are clumsy. How could we ever explain cosmic forces, God, the inner workings of the human, with words. It's it's not a very good way to communicate these extremely complex things. So I believe if you're somebody who's struggling with the way things are described and how you actually feel about them, this is me giving you permission to let the words go and follow your feelings. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's really hard. And a great example is love. 
we've diluted, and I want to definitely talk about this, but we've diluted the meaning of the word love. Because you love your dog, you love your kids, you love your wife. You love your favorite food, spaghetti, pizza. Um, what other foods is there? There's spaghetti and pizza. You, you love your, your brand new car, but could you ever feel about pizza the same way you do about your wife or children or pets? The answer is probably not. And that's a very basic general example of what I'm talking about. But like I said, I'm going to cut this a little short. We'll go deep into a couple of these topics. But uh, yeah. Hope you guys keep your shit together better than I did. <laughs>